Welcome to the Epiphany Movement podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Drake Nelson and is a continuation of the series, Pillars. My confession right off the bat, I hope you're okay with it, and I guess it just, um, it's, it, I, I am very, very, um, I would say the best word that I can describe it would be ill-prepared for the sermon today. And it's not because of a lack of study or a lack of trying. I think it's really based off of, I don't think one ever is truly prepared to talk about a subject that we are going to discuss today. I don't think you ever get prepared. Funny enough, I called four, well five this morning, five pastors this week and just asked them all, hey, give me some advice. Give me some advice on what I'm going to speak about because I don't know. You know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I believe. I've been trying. And here's what they all said to me. They all looked and they said, Drake, you are overthinking it. And I was like, yeah, maybe so. But really, I don't think that I am. I don't think that I am. Because if we miss what we're talking about today, if we miss what we're talking about today, then I, Drake Nelson, will be held accountable. I will be. And and so that terrifies me, but also gives me a great respect of what we are going to go into a discourse about today. I mean, I've read uh, four, uh, uh, just reading four books this week. I've read uh, uh, The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, The Pilgrim's Regress by Lewis. I read um, Worship. Uh, the Art of Worship by, I think, Weber. And then I read, uh, also read, let's see, The Weight of Glory, also another one by Lewis. And I think there was one more. Um, just trying to get ready, really, for the service that we're talking about today. Oh, yeah, and um, uh, Timothy Keller wrote a book called um, 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 uh, some church, some some playing church or something like that. I can't remember. So I read one of his books, all trying to discover this really one topic, and I'll I'll get to it later. Um, I'll get to it later. But let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, when I was younger, I was listening to a guy by the name of John Piper. If you don't know who John Piper is, um, he's a humongous nerd. All right, there there you go. He's just a nerd, and I like to listen to nerds sometimes. And sometimes I have some good things to say. And so I was listening to him, and he said this. He said, when you don't know what to say, when, you don't, when you're speaking on a topic that's over your head or that you don't fully understand, he said this. He said, don't avoid the topic. Don't avoid the topic. Speak on it to the best of your ability. Speak on it. The, talk about what you know about. Um, do your best. And I can say this. I, I know enough because I, I, ever since I was a kid, I always knew I wanted to be a preacher. I always knew I wanted to be a preacher. And so just from even a really young age, just always like trying to study and learn how to communicate and learn the Bible and learn how to do this to the best of my ability. I've learned enough. I've learned this that I know enough to know that I don't know very much at all. And so when John Piper said that, I said, that's going to stick with me. And so today is one of those days where I really don't know to the full extent what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell you a little bit what I think I know and probably don't even know that much. But we're going to dive into it today. And so last week, does anybody, uh, two weeks ago, our first week in Pillars, does anybody remember what we talked about? 
Evangelism, yeah, it's good. And so we discovered that there are three, like we, we talked about three, I guess, um, um, things that we said about evangelism. Number one was that, and you fill in the blanks, that Paul was, he, he observed the spiritual climate when he walked into Athens, remember, and he was, it starts with a G, grieved by what he saw. You remember that? He walked in, he observed, he said, oh man, you... You have a lot of gods, the unknown God, and then he was sad. And we say that we also need to observe, and we also need to be sad when we see our friends who are lost and dying and going to hell. And I asked this question. I said, when's the last time that you cried over an unbeliever? When's the last time that you really grieved over an unbeliever? We then came along this truth. You need to speak. Remember evangelism. Speak. And we learned this from Paul. Um, um, somebody, um, I'm not going to point out any names, Mr. Donnie, said it was the most bad. That he said it was the most badest sermon I ever heard. You preached from Paul and you gave the three topics from Paul. I said, well, I can just, you know, I mean, I just try to, you know, dip my foot in a little everywhere. You know, we are about the church. So there we go. All right. And what was our second point? Does anybody remember this? Speak synagogue, but also be able to do what? Speak marketplace. Speak marketplace. And then I told you a little bit about this, about my teacher named Mr. Um, well, my Spanish teacher. I better not call him out by name. My Spanish teacher. And how really to be, to speak marketplace, you have to be in the marketplace. You have to be in the marketplace. And that's really significant. That's really significant. And then thirdly, we learned this. It says, do not, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, don't skip out on the gospel. Don't skip out on the gospel. And so basically that says, at the end of the day, we need to take a chance. So somebody will say, you know, Mr. David, um, you know, I know you believe in Jesus and stuff, and you're telling me about God. I really just don't like that, and I wish you wouldn't say it anymore. I mean, you guys take a chance like say, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Um, we haven't believed in Jesus for 30 years, bro. Get off my back. Okay, well, take that chance. Take a chance for somebody not to like you because you believe in Jesus. And you love, hear this, hear this, that you love them enough, that you love them enough to share the best thing in your life. Right? Right? Okay, good. Next week, last week, we talked about something else that I'm standing beside. We talked about worship. And then you say, Drake, the thing is it's a flip backwards. Why is that? And why is that? Because sometimes in worship, you say, did you mean to do that? No, I did not. But then I realized, and I was like, well, let's go somewhere with it. Sometimes we tend to flip worship backwards and around. And we make worship all about Instead of all about God. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we came around a definition of worship where we said worship is. Does anybody remember this? Hear this. Just listen to this. You don't have to. You can write it down if you're taking notes. All right. Here it is. That worship is our response both privately and corporately to God for what? For who he is and for what he has done. So not just for what he has done. Because if we say, well, God, you know, uh, let, me, let me ask you like this. Mr. Donnie, I'll say it like this. Well, um, my, my mother passed, right? My mother passed. God, why? 
It can get murky sometimes, can it? It can get murky sometimes. And we rejoice because of that, because she know, we know that she is with God, but we also are saddened. And sometimes it can be a lot more saddening than, than others, can it? And so if we only worship for what we see that God has done, we will be in some trouble sometimes when that gets murky. But we also worship God for what? For who we know Him to be. And is that is the reason that we can worship God all the time, right? Okay, so we had that we had that idea going, and that is expressed how? That is expressed in the way we live, right? Not just the words we say, in the way we live and in the words that we say in the song that we sing. Okay, that's what worship is. And then secondly, we said, why do we worship? Why do we worship? And we came along this truth, right? That worship is... I'm just reviewing, okay? You say, they say that you have to hear something seven times to remember it. This is uh, the second time, so we're good. Worship is a lot generational. Worship is a lot about generational, right? Worship is a lot, sometimes it's just generational. Let me ask you a question, okay? Raise your hands here. Raise your hands here. Raise your hands here. Who likes hymns better? Raise your hands. Who likes hymns it's real high. I'll be proud of you. Him. Hammer. I'm a hummer and a hammer. Yes. Okay, good. Alright. Who likes Hillsong better? Right? By Hillsong, I mean really contemporary, right? Some people are like, I like them both. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'll say. Alright, good, good. And so whether you're Hillsong or your hymns, what is mostly that determined off of? And I would say this. I would say this. Mostly, not 100 percent Mr. Matt, not 100 percent is it? But mostly, that is determined by what you grow up, grow up on, isn't it? It's determined by what you grow up on. If, you're, if you know hymns, then you like hymns. But if you know Hillsong, you like Hillsong. And if you're like Miss Pepper, who knows everything, then you just like everything, right? Right. And like Miss Linda Kay, who listens to Kayla all the time. Yes, absolutely. I remember. Okay, we have country over here. Uh, Mr. Country. Uh, we'll pray for him. I was talking to Miss Melanie the other day. I said, well, what would your answer would have been? She said, my answer would have been, uh, who did she say? Frank Sinatra. And I was like, we'll pray for you too. Why did you pray for this? <laughs> oh, she's going to kill me after this. I love you. And so we came along the lines of saying that that's okay. Generational biases is okay. But then we talked specifically to the young kids, to the young, younger people in here. And we said, young people, do not be selfish. Do not be selfish. And require that we go heal song over hymns. Or whatever you prefer over what somebody else prefers. And then we talked to the older people, but I didn't, call, I didn't say older, did I? I said wiser. And I was very clever about that. So you learned a thing or two. The wiser people, we said, don't be selfish. Don't be selfish and prefer 100% of hymns over heal song, right? Let's give and let's take because our job, our job as a church, is to help other people grow as we continue to grow along ourselves. I think that's really important when it comes to worship. And today, what are we talking about, Drake? Like, get to where you're going fast. Okay, what, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about, we're going to continue to talk a little bit about along the lines of worship. But specifically, we're going to talk about um, what should our worship service look like? What should our worship service look like? So if you like... Uh, I, I wore my glasses today, and let me tell you a little bit why I wear my glasses. If you ever see me wearing my glasses, it's going to be a deep sermon, all right? So it's not going to be, you know, like, I can give these sermons, right? I, I love these sermons. Um, well, you got to take your coat off, I reckon, to give this sermon. Um, you take your coat off, and then you kind of get excited. You're like, 
think of us, uh, you know, I, I gave this example one time. God told me to tell you, you need to wake up, like, right? And so I, I like getting excited sometimes, but, but, but sometimes, okay, sometimes I also like to be, um, um, go, 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 go deeper. And when I do that, I will wear my glasses. And so I'll give it away. So this morning will be one of those sermons. And so if you are a book nerd or if you want to study the Bible and like learn, like you're going to like this morning, but, um, I'm just telling you, buckle up, put on your thinking caps and I'm excited and let's go. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. Here we go. In the Bible, and I'll, I'll ask you some questions in the Bible, there are three angels that are named. There are three angels that are named. Does anybody know one of them? Does anybody know one of them? Michael? Did I hear Michael? Okay, Michael. Michael. Do you know where we see Michael? We see him a couple different places. We see him specifically. I'll answer this for you. We see Michael specifically in the book of, it starts with a D, Daniel, all right? We see him specifically in the book of Daniel. So here's the story, all right? We see Michael in the book of Daniel. And once again, we're talking about worship service, okay? We're talking about worship service. We see Daniel. He's in a 21-day prayer fast. Daniel is. 21-day prayer fast. And Daniel is praying. And then Michael hears Daniel's prayer. And so Michael comes to Daniel's aid. But while he is on the way, do you remember what happened? He gets held up by who? By who? He, I'm, I'm going to guess it was a demonic spirit. I don't know. I don't know who it was. He says, this is what he says. I got held up when I was coming to your prayer. God heard your prayer from the very beginning. I heard it too. God sent me and I came to you, but I got held up. And I think it's a demonic spirit. But here's what the angel of Michael says. By the prince of Persia, and on your behalf, this is Michael talking, on your behalf, Daniel, I have been fighting against the prince of Persia because of your prayer on your behalf, and it's taken me 21 days, but I've defeated him, now I'm at your aid, now let's talk, and I say that to bring this up, I say that to bring this up, never stop your prayers, never stop your prayers for the sick, never stop your prayers for better faith, Never stop your prayers for God. Never stop your prayers to hear from God. Never stop your prayers of what God can do in your life. Keep praying 21 days, 22 days, 21 weeks, 21 years. Continue to pray because from the very first day, God heard Daniel's prayer and he sent somebody to come do something. But he held up, he says, by the prince of Persia. And I think that that was a demonic spirit. And he fought, Michael did, on his behalf. And how many of you know this. If you don't know this, let me tell you, okay? You have, please hear this. Please hear this. You have armies. You have armies. And when I say you, I'm not talking about Alex, you have, Jeremy, you have, Miss Cindy, you have, Miss, Miss, uh, uh, Will, Mr. Will, Miss Will, okay? Mr. Will, you have. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about we as a collective body of Christ. We, the bride of Christ, we have the armies of the angels fighting for us. Fighting for us. And Paul says that we fight not against flesh and blood, but of principalities and rulers of the unseen world. And I believe that that is true. And I want you to know you have a God who's fighting for you today. Hang in there and continue to pray. And that is my first point. 
I think that prayer is has a place in a worship service. And you say, well, duh, Dre. Well, duh, Dre. I just want to start from the basics. Let's, let's look at this. It's in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And I want to prove this to you. I want to prove this to you. Really quick. Really quick. Acts chapter 2. Verse 42. Verse 42. And I'm reading... Um, today I'm going to be reading from two different translations. I'm going to be reading from an NLT translation and an NKJV, New King James Version translation. I'll be reading from both. But this is from the NLT. And it says this. Acts 2 verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay, we're going to talk about that. To fellowship, we'll talk about that later. And to meals, including the Lord's Supper, which we will do that late. We will do that in the service. And then, and to prayer. And to prayer. Let me, uh, let me, let me show you where I'm going with this. Let me show you where I'm going with this. There was a... Um, I said when I started to come here that I would be. Uh, I said when I started to come here that I would be vulnerable. I've heard I, I, I different things, but I said one of the things that I will do is that I will show you my my butts. I will show you my butts, and you said, "Drake, uh, we don't want to see your butt. Your pants are already tight enough." Okay, and then I, I I would say, "No, I don't mean butt. I mean like I will show you the things about me that I don't want anybody else to see. I will show you the things that I'm ashamed. I will show you the things that I want to cover up." I'm going to do that now. I'm going to do that now. Um, one of the worst things about Drake Nelson is that when somebody else preaches, I don't listen. I judge. And I sit there in a seat and I think, if I was speaking, I would have said it like this. If I was speaking, I would have done it like this. If I was speaking, I would do it like this. And I don't listen. And God convicted me of that. And I would be lying, I said, that I don't still do it today. But when he convicted me about this, I was at a D now. And he said, Drake, what I want you to do is I just want you to pray for the pastor right now. I just want you to pray. So I had my notebook and I got out. I began to journal. This is why I journaled. I was at a D now, probably 1,100 students there. And this is what I said. This is what I prayed. Tonight... I'm praying for, um, and, and I put my youth, I put for 120 youth, but I guess in all, I'm really praying for the whole bunch. But anyways, tonight I'm praying for 120 youth. Some, some, some know you, but many may not. God's hand of favor is on some, and God's hand is absent from the others. Some have you at the center of their life, and others do not even care about you, God. It takes a miracle for somebody to believe in you. It takes a miracle for a blind person to see her again or a dead person to be raised. God, I pray that you do a miracle here tonight. Crash into these people's lives, God. You rejoice more over a sinner that turns from you than 99 that already know you, God, or for, to you, not from you. God, please let the armies of heaven throw a party tonight. Let the angels rejoice and the shouts of glee never cease. Do a miracle here tonight, oh God. Only you can do this. People just need to pray. People just need silence. 
And a time to move, break chains now. Break chains of sin, of bondage, of temptation. And I end it, I end it by, um, I, and I go on, I continue to pray, I continue to pray. And I end it by saying this, I end it by saying this. Um, however, however, from all that I've been saying before, I say this. However, this generation of youth knows very little of patient endurance. They remind me of Judas desiring the silver over Jesus. God, hold them through as you did Peter. Show them repentance. Show them what it means to walk in a life surrounded by you, not in a life without you, life within you, not life far from you. I love you, God. I am not a righteous person, but hear my prayer. Hear my plea. What is seminary? Was I called? No. Did I learn perhaps a little bit, but knowledge without love is useless, so God, Whatever the case, you have called me to yourself. And since you have, hear my prayer tonight, God. Hear my prayer tonight, God. And this is my prayer. In big words, I wrote it. In big words, I wrote it. It says, move tonight and send your Holy Spirit. This is my only request. I want you to know, I got through praying that. I prayed the whole service. I'm going to do That was like a 30-minute little rite, and I skipped a lot of it, but... I got done praying, and the dude was done, and so I got, and I was on my knees when I was writing this. I was on my knees for a while praying, and then I got up, and I, I and, and that doesn't mean anything, just to tell you that, like, when I got up, um, I, I didn't have my glasses on, I don't think, and I just remember, I just got to wipe my eyes, and there was an altar call. I remember as I looked up, I was on the second floor of a, of a it wasn't a, really a cathedral, but it was a really big church, and I was on the second floor, and I looked and the entire bottom half was full of people that had come to the altar. And I think out of 1,100 students, 900, 900, 900 had come down. And here there's 137 kids gave their life to Christ that night. And in that moment, God told me, He said, this is what happens when you pray for a pastor. This is what happens when you pray for a pastor. And so I say this, prayer has a place. Prayer has a place in a service. But I I ask you this, would you pray for me during the service too? Would you not only listen, but would you pray for me during the service too? Would you pray for me during the service too? Because I promise I'm the first one that needs it, right? I mean, I need it, right? Absolutely. But it'll do something. And it'll change. And the armies of heaven are fighting for us here today. They really are. All right. The second angel is called. Does anybody know the second angel that we have named? Anybody? Anybody? Second angel that we have named? Gabriel. Gabriel. He's called the archangel, right? Archangel. Okay, Gabriel. And where do we see him? We see him a lot, but specifically um, we see him in the gospel. Does anybody know the gospel of? Um, where do we get the Christmas story from? Luke. Yeah. So we see him in the gospel of Luke. Luke specifically in chapter 1. We see him specifically in the chapter of Luke chapter 1. And it goes something like this. Luke chapter 1 goes something specifically like this. It says, um, it's chapter 2. It says this, Luke chapter 1, verse 19. Verse 19, it says this. 
Then the angel Gabriel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But since you didn't believe it, what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. And I would say this, every time that we see, not, not every time, but most, most every time, if not 100% of the time, that we see Gabriel in the Bible. There's a few mentions of another angel, um, and we think that he's the archangel. I'll give you one example on Melchizedek. We don't know who that is. Um, and and, and, and these angels come, and we know that uh, these angels are coming to Melchizedek. We don't know who they are. A lot of people think it's Gabriel. We don't know. But most every time, I'll say this, most every time that Gabriel is mentioned in the Bible or referenced, it is always to bring a word from God. And I would say, you know, in a worship service, not only do we need prayer, not only, and every time that Michael mentioned, by the way, it's, it's prayer, it's, it's prayer. Most every time, most every time I should say that. And most every time that Gabriel's mentioned, and maybe 100% of the time, it's always to bring a word. And I'll show you this, still in Acts chapter 2, still in Acts chapter 2. And I think that the word should be present, the teaching should be present. It says this, Acts chapter 2 Verse 42 still, which to believe it again, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay, good, good. And the apostles' teaching, that's good. To fellowship and sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And then skip down, skip down um, to verse 46 and says this. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and the, um, and the goodwill of people. The Lord added to their number, um, to their fellowship daily, those who are being saved. In the very next chapter, it says this. It says this, and then going back to the, three, to the prayer, it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in a three o'clock prayer service, and then a little bit later in the chapter, a little bit later in chapter 12, it says this, Peter preaches in the temple, verse 12, Peter saw his opportunity and he addressed the crowd, people of Israel, and then he he went on to preach in the temple. And so that's my second thing that I think, so I think prayer, and I think preaching is good, word, teaching, all that's good, you already know this, I know, but let's go to the third thing, let's go to the third thing, and here you're... I'm about to nerd out for a second, so um, let's, let's nerd out together. Um, I have my glasses on so I can be a nerd. Um, no defense, Mr. Donnie and, um, and, uh, and Miss Aubrey and uh, Miss Audra and, um, and, and anybody else with the glasses on. Um, okay, Mr. Sandy. Okay, good. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, you don't look like a nerd if you have glasses on. Uh, it's only me. Number three, who is the last angel that we have named in the, in the Bible? Does anybody know the last angel that we have named in the, in the Bible? It's, it's kind of tricky because you would never actually think of him as an angel. You would never think of him as an angel. But we know that he is. Does anybody know? Anybody know? Huh? Abaddon. We, we, we will say this. Um, um, and, 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 and that may be like over my head. I don't know. It's like I can, I can only know so much. I will say this. I will say Lucifer, 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 Lucifer will be the last angel. And here's here here's my um, I'm about to make this argument really quick. Um, here's here's my argument. I would say that that Lucifer was made actually to worship. Lucifer was actually made to worship. And I want to show you this. I want to show you this. 
and then we'll, I'm about to have to, I'm going to build my case, I'm going to show you, and um, I do want to say this, we're going to, first we're going to be in Isaiah 14, so I turn to Isaiah 14, turn to Isaiah 14, <clears throat> there are some things in the Bible that are explicit, that you just know, like, like, hello, partake of the Lord's Supper, that's what you're supposed to do, and there are some things in the Bible that are, that are, that we don't know 100%, like, how often should we, should we do it every day? Because some of the believers did. Should we do it every week? Because some of the believers did. Or should we do it once a quarter like we do today? I don't know. I don't know. So some things in the Bible are like like clear as day. And others are not. And th- I will say, I want you to know this. This is one of the gray areas that, is, is that I'm, still, I'm still not sure of. I'm still not sure of. But I'm going to make my case for what I think. And just know that this isn't 100%. Um, but I'm going to show you what I, I'm going to show you what I found. <coughs> Um, Isaiah chapter 14, chapter 14, specifically we're going to go to verse 12, and it says this, you, and, and you, at, at the top you may say, um, the king of Babylon may be your header, I don't know, you may say um, the king of Babylon, but Jesus is actually talking to the spirit within the king of Babylon, hey, I think that's important, and maybe yours says the fall of Lucifer, I don't know, um, so that would help you, but, but, but it would be like this. He's speaking to the, king, the, the spirit within the king of Babylon. So do you remember when Jesus said, um, get behind from me, Satan. Please get behind from me, Satan. And he was speaking to the spirit that was inside of him. i got to be careful what I point out, okay, when I say that. Um, <laughs> get behind me, Satan, okay. Um, I love you, Mr. Shane. It was the same, it was that same idea. And so now he's speaking, and, and, and here's what he says. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven... O Lucifer, son of morning. By the way, most theologians, most theologians think that the fall of Satan took place somewhere. Most theologians think this, that the fall of Satan took place somewhere between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-1, and Genesis 1-2. Let me tell you why. Because in the Hebrew, we see one, one punctuation that we never see in the Hebrew again. We never see it again, but we see it in other Hebrew writings. It's called it's a period, and it denotes a long passing of time, a long passing of time, and it's found between one one and one two in the beginning, right? In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth, and then what is? And then it's that punctuation, long passing of time. That's what we think. That's what we think. That's what a lot of theologians think. I'm not smart enough, so I just tell you what I learned. All right, you know, don't kill the messenger. <laughs> and then in verse two, it says, it says the earth. Your translation reads was, right? Most of them read was void and without form. But actually in Hebrew, I did study this a lot. And so in Hebrew, that word for was is actually, is actually it can be um, like, like it can have two meanings. Like if you say there, it can mean there or it can mean like they are or it can mean like go over there uh, or like their Bible or something like that, right? And so that's, a, that's, this, that's this word. It can mean was or it can mean became. It can be was or became. And here's what Drake Nelson thinks. Like again, this is this is this is not for certain. This is muddy water. I'm just telling you what I think, okay? I, this is what I think. I think from what I've read, studied, and and, and somewhat learned, um, I think that that word is better translated became. I do, I do, I do. I think it's better translated became. And so it would be like this. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth, created, created, I need to say that, created the heavens and the earth, and the earth became void and without form. I think that, you don't have to, um, 
But, but that's a lot. When, that's when theologians think that Satan was like cast down. Okay, and I find it really funny. I'll just go on this little tangent. A lot of people think like the battle between Satan and God was like this big rivalry. But then Jesus says, "Oh yeah, I saw Satan fall from the sky like 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 lightning." You know, that, that's funny to me. I gotta tell you because I like. I guess I always think like you know it's a big rivalry, and Jesus was like. No, pretty much he was just like swatted down like a little fly. Like, yeah, and then that's how it happened. Oh, gets me. That's biblical humor. Oh, man, I'm a nerd. I know. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Verse 13. It says this. For you have said in your heart, I, for this is what Satan said. This is God speaking. For I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of congregation. On the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most God. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. And in verse 11, in verse 11, in verse 11, it says this. Your prompt is brought, and and notice I'm going backwards now, so I'm, I'm tricking a little bit. I'm tricking a little bit. I want to make that clear. I'm tricking a little bit. I just want to go back and show you this. Your pomp is brought down to Sheol, and the sound of your string instruments has been stopped. Okay? String instruments. Okay? And so we got that. Let's get, flip to one more passage. Uh, Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. We're going to go there. Ezekiel 28. I'll just read it. Okay? I'll just read it. 28, verse 11. It says this. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take this lamentation of the king of Sire. And then it says this. You are the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You are in Eden, right? So that's not to the king of Tyre. That's the spirit of Tyre because, right? You are in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was yours, was your covering. Sardius, topaz, diamond, and all those, okay? Yeah. The workmanship of your timbrels um, and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. And so do you see how it says timbrels and pipes? Okay, timbrels is something that you beat, and pipes is something that you blow. And so now we have stringed instruments, it's like uh, like a guitar or something that you pick. Then we have timbrels, something you beat, that's a percussion instrument. And then we have pipes, something you blow. We have every single thing present in the orchestra. We have strings, instruments, we have um, a, a pipe, and then we have a percussion instrument, something that we hear. And so do you. You have a voice, vocal cords, or strings. You have these bad boys, and you have um, something to blow. You have lungs, right? Right? And when I, when I, was, I, I tore my ACL, and I learned to p- play the piano, um, I, and I didn't take a lesson because I was saving that money, right? And so, and so that helped me worship. That helped me worship God. And the piano is cool because it's actually a mixture. Do you know this? I know you know this, Miss Melanie. It's a mixture between stringed instruments and percussion instruments. It, it is. And, it, and this, I believe, I believe it's saying they have all three. has all three. And here's what I believe. It's gray area. I want you to know this. I believe that Satan was made to worship God. I believe that Satan was made to worship God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know he fell. And he took one-third of the angels with him. So that means two-thirds are still on your side. Amen, right? Two-thirds are still on your side. And he took two-thirds, he took a third with him. But I do know this. I do know this. 
I do know that you were, I do know you were, you were, you were made to worship God. I do, I'm 100% of that. And I want to show you, closing now, in Acts chapter 2 still, going back, going back, in Acts chapter 2, it says this. In verse 47, it says, All the while they are praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. All the while, praising God, praising God. So three things that we have present in our worship service are the our prayer, right? Michael, okay, Gabriel, we want the word, and then <laughs> worship, right? And Lucifer was kicked out of worship, and he tries to steal the worship. But who, now we are the worshipers, right? We are the worshipers. We are the worshipers. And I think worship should also be included. Now, there's a lot of stuff I skipped out, and I want to say this really quick, okay? And then we'll be done. All right, really quickly. I skipped out on speaking in tongues. I don't know everything, okay? I want to say I, I don't know everything in 1 Corinthians 14 tells us, okay? It says, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, when you gather together, when you gather together, dear brothers, let me remind you that one will sing, another will teach, and one will have some special revelation God's given, another will speak in tongues. I left that out, didn't talk about that. I did not talk about prophecy, okay? I did not talk about testimonies. I did not talk about um, um, confession of sins. There was a lot that I left out. There's a lot of left that I left out. But the core, the core, like I said, I just spoke on what I knew. I just spoke on what I knew, okay? I think, I think at the core is prayer, is, is the Word, is Bible, and is worship. I think that's at the core. Well, good evening. We are here with Kat. She's a little feeling a little bit under the weather, but she is going to read some of the questions off from Postscript. It's our very first episode of Postscript, so I'm excited. We'll post this on, I guess, Facebook, YouTube, uh, really uh, on a podcast, so that way you can watch it wherever you are, on the go, in your car, or while you're driving to work, or just maybe while you're exercising. So, anyways, well, let's get started with a word of prayer. And then cast us off with some questions that we had come in. So God, thank you for this, everything that you've given us. Uh, I pray that you just uh, help cat a little bit better, God. I pray that you just help our discussions today. I pray that you talk about our words and wisdom and all these questions that were asked. God, I pray that you would uh, um, help me to answer them to the best of my abilities and also um, that we cover the, 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 the range of questions that came in well, God. So I pray that you just help us in this time and I pray that you just help the viewers as they're watching. I pray that you bless them and um, and um, excited for this next Sunday, God. I pray that you be with Mr. Steve as he's going to come and speak and lead. I pray that you be giving him a word and speaking to him. And um, in your name I pray. Amen mm-hmm. and amen. Uh, we got a couple lighthearted questions first, so we'll start with those. Um, what is your most memorable hunt this year? My, my most memorable hunt? Or, mm-hmm. Okay, well, my most memorable hunt would... Um, wow, okay. That would be, if I say this, I feel like you're going to get pretty mad at me, but it's actually probably the one that I killed the, the, the pintail. I don't know. Your deer was pretty cool. What What was your favorite hunt? Oh, definitely when I killed that buck. The kill the buck. Yeah, that, that was awesome. And we got to share that moment with Will Lee, too, so that was a cool experience, just kind of getting to do that together. But I did kill a duck. And it's probably my most memorable hunt. It's an amazing duck. It's a super rare duck. And let me go get it real quick. Uh, I'll be right back. Then watch out. Okay, come back. Okay, I got it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to mount it. <laughs> I'll show you the duck if it's not frozen. Oh, gosh. Okay, there it is. Oh, man. 
feel like I'm unwrapping a gold bar or something. There's the duck. I know it don't look like, oh, you can't even see it. I know it don't look like much, but that was probably my most memorable hunt, killing that. But anyways, okay, well, now that that's over with, what's the next question? Alright, <coughs> next question. What has been your biggest learning curve so far as being a pastor? Learning curve? Uh, I guess I mean, like, what have I learned? What's, what's been the, my biggest, like, lesson that I've learned, I guess, probably within me, um, in being a pastor? Let's see. I don't really know. Uh, maybe, I think my biggest, probably, lesson that I've learned would be when I was a youth minister, you know how I always used to say that the right message to the wrong crowd is the wrong message? Um, and so that's what I learned when I was a youth minister, and I, I still think that's true. But I think maybe even I learned as a pastor, it could be, it could be, I'm still trying to decipher this in my mind, but it could be that the wrong message, the right message to the, to the right crowd with the wrong delivery could be the wrong message, if that makes any sense. And maybe just trying to figure out that um, as a pastor and um, how I deliver a message. Um, so that'd probably be, that'd probably be my, my biggest thing I'm trying to learn right now. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned a little about speaking in tongues. Will we get a sermon like that? A sermon okay. on that. Okay, okay. Um, a sermon on speaking in tongues. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Maybe, probably not an entire sermon devoted just to that one subject. Maybe more like a Wednesday night or something like that, possibly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to come up um, sometime or the other. But just a little bit on that to speak right now. Um, from what I've gathered in Bible study, there seems to be two types of speaking in tongues. Um, I, I wish I'd have brought a Bible. You'd think I'd bring a Bible to um, postscript, but. <laughs> Oh well. Um, you see two types of speaking in tongues. One in Acts 2, when the flames of fire came over in the form of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and after that, these people started speaking in tongues, the Bible says. And because of that, all these different nationalities was understanding what they were saying in their native language. And so they were hearing as the disciples are speaking, they were actually hearing it in their native language. So that's one type of speaking in tongues. And there's also, I think, a second type that we see in Scripture. And I guess a good example of that would be... Um, um, like the language of the angels, if that makes any sense. So let me explain this. Um, have, do you remember that, that one scripture in Daniel when it's like Daniel, uh, the writing on the wall, and King Nebuchadnezzar sees the hand writing on the wall, and it writes on the wall, I think it writes many, many tekel parson, which means like you've been weighed and found wanting or lacking. And so I would say, say when Daniel came in, he said, he said, that's the language, do you remember when he said that? That's the language of God. And so I think that that, like that language, speaking in tongues, would be that gift to be able to see many, many terrible parts. And like Daniel did, he translated it. And so he, he was able to speak that language. And so I think that's also a gift of being able to speak in that language. So I'd say there's two types. One, just again, would be... Um, Speaking and then being able to like speak Spanish to this dude and Greek to this guy and Latin to this guy and just speaking in whatever language I can speak and everybody hearing it in their own language. That's one's like a gift. And then also just speaking in the language, I like as Daniel says, the language of the angels, the language. Um, like First Corinthians says, if I could speak all the languages of angels 
and a people, but I did not love others. I would be a noisy, going, clanging symbol. So uh, just taking that terminology, like the, the language of angels and being able to speak that. So that's two kinds of speaking in tongues that we see. But, um, yeah, maybe that will hold you down for now, and maybe we can bring that up in a sermon or something like that one day. So. All right, lastly, where would you like to see our worship service grow and go in the next year? Hmm, okay. Um, well, well, we're definitely trying to find, I don't know, I don't know what this specifically means or what they're, I guess, asking, but I mean, I would, I would like to see it grow in this. I would like us to, um, be able to find a worship leader, um, um, soon. I've been really trying, I have some friends of mine who are trying to keep their eye out, keep their um, ears open to finding a worship leader and having somebody that can kind of come in and um, I you said the other day when um, you remember when Clayton led worship and you said, wow, the atmosphere in there was amazing this morning. And I said, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And so maybe somebody who can kind of lead worship in that way and kind of get the atmosphere of worship just changed a little bit. Um, um, I know, I know, I'm kind of... Uh, we got the special music right now on the speakers, and, and that's well and good. But there's nothing like having somebody live leading leading worship up there. So looking looking for that, I'd like to see that change. I'll also like to see maybe, um, you know, I guess just when this COVID gets kind of done, I think that's been something that we've been walking through as a church for the last couple of months. So that's been difficult. So I guess we'll just see kind of when that lifts and we can get back fully going 100% because like we're not in Sunday school right now, I do Wednesday nights right now so maybe just being able to get 100% and seeing what happens then because I mean like I, we haven't been 100% as far as I mean you haven't been 100% as able to do what we'd like to do and the church hasn't been 100% either is doing what they would like to do with Sunday school and Wednesday nights and stuff like that so just opening things back up I'd love to see that happen um, sometime maybe, maybe soon um, that way we can we can start meeting some people's needs um, more than we are able to right now. So that's, so, it. that's, that's all. Out. That's all the questions. Okay. Um, well, like I said, I think I think there was a couple more questions asked, but they, a couple of them were kind of the same. So we try to get them all in there together. But we are super excited about where we see PostScript go, and so thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, and until next time, bye.